Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to our Apostolic Children's Ministry podcast. Uh, today is May 19th, I believe. Yes. Wednesday. And Brother Lee, big day, because this is our fifth consecutive podcast with zero lapses. We've been doing them every Wednesday for four weeks. This is number five. And uh, definitely the most consistent on our podcast we've ever been. So I'm pretty proud of ourselves. I think statistically, five in a row is like a, at least a trend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty solid trend. So yeah, we're doing good. we can maintain it. I have been looking ahead, and I know there's some weeks it's going to be harder than others, like junior camp week. Mm-hmm. We're going to be gone Monday through Friday up in the mountains. However, I have plans to still do our podcast that week during camp, at oh, camp, that'll be exciting. about camp, because it's still Perfect. children's ministry. Uh, so it may be junior camp, but it, it still has the same principles involved as far as we're having fun, but we're teaching the kids. We're not up there just to entertain them. We're up there to uh, see how many of them can can get direction and lives change and receive the Holy Ghost and yes. anyway, whatever else that happens. Exciting. But every camp, you know, there's always, I, I don't want to just throw out a number, but 20, 30 kids get the Holy Ghost and it's exciting. So nice. we are pumped up. We have Brother James Wayne coming this year from San Jose to preach that. Brother Tyler Hodge will be there, myself, Brother Cabrera, Brother Lee. I think it sounds like I, I may have just roped you in. I'm going to try to make it, and I think it, I should be able to. He's going to be doing some object lessons for us. So uh, if you're hearing this and don't know anything about our junior camp, it really is fun. We have a uh, a full week of excitement. This this And this is the first time anybody's going to find out about this, but we have some big stuff coming up to camp. <clears throat> as far as jumpers, we have a rock climbing wall. I think it's actually an air-inflated rock climbing wall uh, and then there's a obstacle course some stuff that we've never had in the past so this is going to be pretty cool yeah I, I i went up it's been a few years since i went up there um, but it was a lot of fun and i always like to hear the good stories and like you said a lot of people, kids getting the holy ghost and which is what it's all about but there's something about the kids getting away and uh, being around a whole bunch of other kids and just the chaperones adults and and uh, it's a lot of fun it's exciting you know that what you said about that there's something about getting the kids away where the barriers sometimes break down <clears throat> i've seen kids that really don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the intimidation of of knowing their parents are nearby might come. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but it seems like at camp they're away from their normal <clears throat> setting, and yet uh, they're more comfortable praying. They're more cor- comfortable opening up, yeah. and sometimes an altar calls kids I've never even seen lift their hands get the Holy Ghost. You know, yeah, you mentioned praying. I think I remember hearing every year, and who knows what's happened this year, but even before the camp even gets started, pre-service prayer, just to kind of kick things off, kids are getting the Holy Ghost. It's really yes, sir. Neat. Yeah, in fact, last, I say last year, is actually 2019, 19. so we skipped 2020, good old COVID. Uh, but we had uh, the first night, Monday night, Kids are still kind of settling in. We had pre-service prayer. Like you said, kids were getting the Holy Ghost there. I think it happened the year before yeah, as yeah. well. I don't know if it was on that Monday or one of the other nights, but just incredible. <clears throat> so we're excited about that. And I, I that wasn't even on our notes. Yeah. So, hey. <laughs> so, that was free. Free, free plug for <laughs> junior camp. Um, but I, I'm reading a book, really, and it's okay. called uh, I Can't Wait Until Sunday Morning. I may have mis- mentioned this in another podcast, but it's by Ed Dunlap. And I'm not plugging that book necessarily. It's just one that I'm reading. But it really did get me thinking about while we have these podcasts, we talk a lot about the hows, how we have Sunday school, how we keep it exciting, 
how we do bus ministry, but I don't know that we've touched enough on the why. We know the why. In fact, if you're in children's ministry, you could probably uh, articulate it better than we're going to as far as why we even bother with kids. And I know that's a weird way to say it, but I've heard people actually phrase it that way, and it bothers me. Hmm. They say, why do we waste these resources on just kids? All the decorations... If you have bus ministry, mm-hmm. then you got gas and insurance and driver training and uh, all the incentives to get them there and, and the teacher trainings and all that. It, it adds up. Mm-hmm. We yeah. just had to, uh, we had to, uh, not had to, but our church paid for all the training for our teachers that went up to the, the seminar. And it's not an expensive seminar, but it added up when you had 40 people go. Mm-hmm. And so when we wrote that check, it was like, oh, ow. <laughs> Except <laughs> that I know we came away with far more value than yeah. we gave. Yeah, so definitely. It's definitely worth it. But why? Yeah. Why kids? And I've had people ask that that question a lot. And Brother Lee, I'm going to kick this over yeah. to you to get the ball rolling. But we're going to talk about why we do what we do. Well, well for me, you know, and again, this isn't in notes. This is totally off the cuff and raw, as we say. Um, Speaking of that real quick, uh, this podcast <laughs> is raw. So anything that we say is in this recording, I have not cut out one word from any podcast yet, and I'm not planning on it unless something just bizarre happens, like we had Pastor roll up on a quad and we just let it roll. <laughs> yeah. So that's just the way we do it. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail. Well, that's funny. I, I threat. I was texting him or talking to him, and and uh, uh, it was kind of funny. So I, I think I might have helped instigate that or something. I, I don't know. I'm but, sure you did. I was in on anyway, that text that was, thread. That was funny. Um, well, okay. I, I, from all the teachers that we have in, on our staff here, I. I uh, I want to say unique and maybe in different ways, um, maybe because of my background or lack of church background. I think I'm probably uh, one of the few that wasn't really pretty much raised in church or didn't come in at a very early age. And so I'm, I'm going to tell you this. One of the things that, that um, I hope to bring to the table of our Sunday school is um, – and, and, and I'm careful with how I, how I do it, but uh, – uh, my life experiences in the 33 or so years of not living for God, and if I can somehow, and I and I often say this, and in, in when I'm teaching a lesson, is don't do the things that I did, and if if somehow I can kind of get that across, you know, because uh, uh, you know living in the world, you know, you can pick up a lot of bad habits, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble, and if I can somehow relate my experiences and try to you know embed in the kids. Uh, that living for God is, is is so much better. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'll just I'll just bring out one drinking, for example. I came from a big family of drinking and alcoholism and stuff like that. Um, I used to not be able to think you could have fun unless I was drunk. You know, I get with my fam. First thing we do is go hit a liquor store. You know, I, that was just the way we were. Um, but it's coming home from church services now, um, Friday night. I don't or any night of service. I'm laughing, having fun, talking about if it was one of those kind of services, uh, which we have those. Periods. Periodically, we're just, you know, just we got pastors and, you know, with great sense of humor. And it's just a lot of fun. A Sunday school, I walk away, I have a great time. I'm feeling good and I'm not I'm not high on anything. And, uh, you know, just living for God is so much better. And if I could try to keep the kids, you know, from doing things that I did, it's going to save them a lot of trouble. So I can kind of steer them in the right direction somehow. Uh, I see that as being a kind of a motivation for me. Yeah. I just actually heard our our In the Lighthouse podcast. I was going back through and catching up on some that I had missed. And you were talking, I think it was when, it might have been the one with Brother Sandy and Bishop, 
when you were talking and you said one of the biggest regrets, it might've been a more recent one that you had in living for God was that you didn't get in church sooner. Yeah, exactly. And he in no way, I'm talking about brother Lee, brother Lee in no way glamorizes his time in the world. What he does exactly what he said is, is, is my regret is not having given more or uh, been in church sooner and I've made all these mistakes, and I want you kids to learn from it. And mm-hmm. it is it is very, very effective. So I love the fact that we have the testimony of those raised in church and those not raised in church. <clears throat> and both are equally powerful. Well, it's like, and it's also, what, what's the story your, I think your dad or our brothers preached and said about, um, we had three people baptized today. It was... You know, an adult and two children, or, or, or maybe it's the other way, or two adults and a child. Oh, you had two and a half people baptized. And he said, no, we had – or somehow, I can, maybe I got the math wrong. But anyway, because the, the person that said that was just kind of, oh, because half a kid, you know, because no, he's the whole – because he's got his whole life to live for God, whereas yeah. the other one wasted, you know. Yeah, exactly. Life, so, so he said three and a half, and the half was referring to an adult, not a child. Right, right. Because that child is their whole life ahead of them. Exactly. So that's our purpose behind this. Is if we can get these kids on the right track, living for God, uh, doing what they need to do now, what could they become <clears throat> instead of mm-hmm. you know, spending time in the world and, 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 and I say this in quotes, wasting their life and their ability to, for, for things that don't matter? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so um, I, I read a statistic. And I've, I've heard this several times. In fact, Brother Wilmoth said it at one of those seminars mm-hmm. many years ago talking about, uh, I think it was the Barna Group, they did a survey and tried to find out how many people, not how many, but at what age people decided to live for God. And they found out that about 40 plus percent of people that decided to live for God did that before they turned 13 years of age. Years of age. But I just read a stat and I just I had a hard time wrapping my, my head around this one because I don't know if it referred to just one church or it referred to to a bigger survey. But this particular stat said that 85% of this survey, and again, I don't know the scope of it, of people that live for God was between ages of 5 and 14 when they began living for God. Hmm. 85%. Wow. That means only 15% is 15 and up. That's unbelievable. That, 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 that number I, I really do have a, probably a little struggle with. I think if we, we went through our church, we would probably find that, that we have... More than uh, less than eighty five percent and under thirteen, but well, you, you know, even though I, I say um, I wasn't living for God, luckily, even though my parents weren't really into church and 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 that, um, I had friends. Occasionally, I would go. It was, it was the denominal churches, so it wasn't the truth. But I'd, I'd go a little spurts to like a, a vacation Bible school, or, or they'd have some special thing for a while. So. It, Periodically, when I was like five, six years old, I went for maybe a couple months. And then when I was in eighth grade, I went in a little bit, a little bit in college. So off and on, I was kind of had like a little tether to church. It wasn't the truth. But I think, you know, as, as good as they were, I think I was, I tried to be a decent moral person. My parents, you know, you know, we were they were decent people. They weren't going to church. Um, but so at least I had something there, I think. So it wasn't a total 
the heathen. I, I was, but, but you know, I if that makes any sense. But, so, yeah. but I think, but going back to that, I think having that little bit of something in there, learning, even if it was just John three sixteen, you know, and memorize that. That seemed yeah. to be something I remember. Was that was the one scripture? They, they definitely weren't in a Bible quiz and whatever. But that was like one that I didn't care which church I went to. They had you memorize that one in Sunday school or whatever. Um, but uh, but at least there was something maybe that kind of helped you know say okay, there's something there you know so yeah so let's think about that statistic say it is 40 percent. let's go with the smaller number say it's 40 percent of people that get into church they make that decision before they turn 13 40 uh-huh. percent let's do the math on that think of the resources of the church of a typical church i'm not i'm not calling out any any church or even movement but is 40 percent of the church's resources money and personnel and time spent on that age group hmm. probably not yeah, our church has a great emphasis. I am in no way calling our church out. Our pastor believes in this, and they give us whatever we need to make this happen. So I'm not referring to our, to our church. But if you think about it, it is do 40% of our resources really account to the 40% that come in at that age group? I think a lot of times we, we spend a lot on our youth, which is not a bad idea. Our youth need it. Yeah, We spend a lot on outreach for adults. That's where you know we do a lot of door to door stuff for adults. We do a lot of a lot of things, and, and we should reach for them. I'm no, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I, I I think some churches may spend an inordinate amount of resources on an age that the return is less. Yeah, yeah. I think you know maybe they're they're investing in the wrong in the wrong area or investing too much in the wrong area. Well, and and, I, and I've seen I don't travel as much for work that I used to, but I'd visit a lot of churches. And, uh, it, you know, now that you kind of think about it, I think too many churches don't have a focus or emphasis on kids. Because I go to some and it's like, well, where's, where's the kids? You know, like the Pied Piper took them away or something and it's they're true. gone. It's and true. I think we need to focus on the kids and, and uh, you know, or, you know, but they're going to be lost. So. Absolutely. I think the sign of a healthy church is all ages. Mm-hmm. All ages are represented. <clears throat> I just looked at a percentage of our of our of the ages in our church of Inland Lighthouse, and it was so reassuring. It was so balanced across mm-hmm. the young, meaning children, across the youth, across the young adults, across the mature adults, across the the mm-hmm. elders. I, the balance was uncanny. It was almost identical across. Yeah. Now, our kids was actually more than the rest, hmm. which, again, I, I think it's it's just that's the way it should be. Yeah. You, know, you have people being born into this, and we're picking up people on our buses, and, and we're really aggressively going after the young young ones. Uh, but I don't know that that's representative yeah. across the nation. Like you said, yeah. you go into some, and it's, it's when this generation that's in their churches, which is the 40-year-old and up, when they're gone, that church will cease to exist because they are not replacing themselves. Well, and it, it's, you know, so there's one scripture, and then I want to quote a saying is, you know, train up a child in, yeah. the, in the way you should go. Um, but then the other one is, this, what, how does it go? It's, it's easier to keep a lion in a cage than to get one back in. Yeah. And so if you think of a, a kid, if you train them upright and just keep them insured, it's so much better than when they're 21, you know, whatever, you know, to it's try so to good. retrain, especially the way the world is a public yeah. school education and just the, the 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 news, whatever's going on in the world right now is just really, it's really going to be hard. Yeah, this this is a, a note on that train up a child. I, I really have... Not struggled with that verse, 
because I know it's true, but chain up, train up a child in the way you should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, we all know people that have, have went away from it. And that, that has been, you know, that's a promise of God. Train up a child. When he's old, he will not depart from it. So I'm trying to reconcile people I know that have walked away. They're good parents. They've taught them. They were in Bible quizzing, and yet they walked away from it. But I really think I've misunderstood that verse. I really do. I, I think, and I, and I could be totally wrong, and if, if, if you call me out on this, I'm okay. I, I, can, I can take correction. But I think it's train up a child in the way they should go. When they were old, they will not depart from the teaching we've given them. I really think that kids will never forget what we've taught them. Yeah. I don't care when they're 30 years old. They haven't been to church in 10 years. They're going to wake up in a sweat in the middle of the night thinking, oh, God, I remember what I was taught. Yeah. I know I'm not right. I know the, the rapture's coming. I know I'm not prepared. And they can never depart from the teaching. I really think that that's what that verse might mean, yeah. is that when they're old, they can't leave it. It's well, stuck uh, with them the rest of their lives. I, I can't remember which preacher. I heard this somewhere. He was talking about a backslider, you know, which is kind of what we're talking about here. But he said, but somebody that's got the one oneness of God put in them and it really had it in them, maybe through Bible quizzing and Sunday school and whatever, I think he told a story of, of that guy could be sitting backslid sitting on a bar somewhere and someone else starts saying something, but they'll start if they start talking poor doctrine or whatever, it all comes back and out. And he saw I think he told a story of somebody that was that and that something triggered in him from mm-hmm. a bar stool and he got back in church from that or something. But uh, I, because, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Drunken in a bar. <laughs> Arguing <laughs> about doctrine, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, it's it triggers. I think he found his way back. I think you if can't I get away from it. Right, so. An analogy I've heard is that kids are like wet concrete. Mm-hmm. They're young. They're impressionable. They are. Uh, they're they're at that innocent age mm-hmm. where they just kind of blind belief up to a yeah. point, but they're receptive. They're receptive. That's the word I'm looking for. They're they're they're, they're open. Um, and, and they're wet concrete, so you can form it mm-hmm. into whatever shape it needs to be in, whatever God is trying to do with their lives. Yeah. But we've all seen it. Those kids that we picked up when they were four or five years old, mm-hmm. and they're so cute and so innocent as they begin to age, and now they're 11, 12, you can start to see the mm-hmm. the hardness, the crust is beginning to develop. And they're not as easy to reach as they were. Yeah. The kids that used to cry in our, in our services are now sitting at the back, Maybe not quite as in tune if they haven't made the connection they needed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, those that have have developed properly, you know, they're they're still where they need to be. But you can see yeah. them that that concrete is hardening, and all we can say is, "Oh God, when that concrete gets hard, I want them to be in the form you <laughs> yeah. want them to be." Yeah. Uh, as you can imagine, you know, a twenty, thirty year old is harder to reach. Yeah, they're hardened. Yeah. Uh, what's that verse? Uh, oh my goodness. Um, uh, I'm, I'm totally drawing a blank about. Uh, well, Pastor preached the message about being comfortably lost. About people that are that are older, um, that they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. They have everything they need, um, uh, and, and it's usually that those are the ones that you can't. You, you knock on the door, they're not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have all the money they need. They don't need God. Everybody's healthy that they know. They don't need God. Their kids are all doing fine. They don't need God until something happens, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden. They're shook, yeah. and now they're, and now they're they're waking up and realize that I do need something after all. So comfortably lost people are hard to reach. Yeah. Um, so the sooner we can get to them, yeah. the better. Put it in them, yeah. 
Yeah, another analogy was was like uh, ground, like like farmers they sow in the ground, and when they're young, it's fertile ground, it's soft, it's 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 uh, newly what's it plowed it's just, yeah. it's receptive so mm-hmm. when the seed lands water it and it just begins to grow but as they get in the heart they get older it starts yeah. to harden up and maybe another thing we, we could do is to is just focus on and i and i try to do this is i say god keep, help my heart to be tender mm-hmm. you know keep it tender That's good. and uh you know don't want that stony heart and absolutely so. absolutely so when that when that concrete begins to harden god can do anything mm-hmm. But now you're chipping away some hard concrete. <laughs> you're trying to break you're down some break. things before you can even begin to to, to form it in the way God mm-hmm. wants it to be. Yeah. So I, I know that was a, a divergence from what we typically talk about, but I, I think it's it's wise to revisit the why. Mm-hmm. Why do we even bother doing all of this yeah. lighting stuff on fire? Why are mm-hmm. we doing that? Why are we having... Uh, all of these great contests and object lessons and all of this. Well, this is why. Because exactly. we want to see these kids get to heaven and we want to see them grow and be discipled. Matthew 18.3, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted, become as a little child, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Yep. Um, and, and, and we're already going too long in this, but what's <laughs> that that quote? I'd rather, I'd rather build strong children than to repair broken men or something yeah, like that. Yeah. With, I can't. It's something like that. But if we can just build them right now, well, that, we don't like have I to said, fix them, them later. Give them good stuff right now and so they don't go through some of the things like I put my family through. Yeah. So. so we are not babysitters. We're not just wasting time. We're not just covering for their parents for a few hours Sunday mornings. We genuinely are soul winners mm-hmm. and everybody out there if you're listening to this you're a soul winner you are not a babysitter yeah. um okay well i am going to push you let's go to go to the next part um these podcasts are are they have a couple of purposes number one is is they are to help us as a reference material like i want to know i want to look back on these in a year and mm-hmm. say what did we do last year yeah, did we yeah. grow did we get better? Memorialize. Yeah. Are we are we in the same place we were last year? Mm-hmm. Are we regressing? I sure hope not. Um, but it's also as a group to to get better. Mm-hmm. I really I, I I like talking to people that are really good at what they do. Um, Brother Tyler Hodge, James Wang. When we get together, I'm telling you, it's just like, tell me, what are you guys doing? What's working? What's not working? Mm-hmm. Because I want to I want to know what we can implement and grow. In our, so this podcast is for our church, our church teachers to hear, um, and for all across this nation and the world to become more knowledgeable and effective at what we do. We, do, we just want to get better. Yep. I think anybody in this ministry, if you're not learning, if you're not growing, then you're actually getting worse probably. <laughs> I don't think you can yeah. just stay stagnant in this. I don't think you can stay at the same level. You're either getting better or worse. It's, it's one way well, or the other. You know, and, and it, it, uh, one thing that I think we've found out recently is, and so we did just recently have the Redland Seminar. Mm-hmm. Everybody got excited, energized from that. But then one of the things that came out of that was a recent teacher meeting we had, just a, a week or two follow-up, just kind of while the iron was still hot. Yeah. Um, but just kicking that around, I think it kind of sparked something we're, that we're going to just get together and just, just meet together and just talk and just kind of keep that, keep that fire going and just talk about ideas. And, and it's just been fun to you know, bounce some things off of people and just kind of stirring it up and just getting the creative yeah. juices flowing. It is so easy to get in a rut. Mm-hmm. 
to do the same thing you've done just because it's what you've done. Mm-hmm. It's not even maybe the best way to do it. You've just always done it, so it's easy to do that. In fact, I catch myself when I'm making the schedule for the week. It's so easy just to, okay, <laughs> we're going to have them do it. You just fill in you know, like cookie-cutter template yeah. instead of instead of really thinking about what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I've been guilty of that way too much. Um, so we're going to be very real with you guys today. We're going to tell you about some problems that we've experienced mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks, um, some measures that we're taking to try to uh, prevent it from becoming an ongoing problem. Um, but, Brother Lee, we've had some uh, changes to yes, the yeah. environment of the class pretty radically in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we've uh, pretty much more than doubled, I would say. The, yeah. The yeah. So oh, we've had this bizarre evolution Thanks to COVID. It was just awful. So we went from zero kids where we're teaching in a microphone and a camera for a year, something like that, a year. And then we went live with our church kids because we couldn't run our buses. And then we started picking up here and there as mm-hmm. as we could without you know yeah. getting too much attention. <laughs> yeah. We're in California for all of those of you that don't know. Um, and then we started picking up more. Well, we went from picking up... Zero bus kids. And then we started off with the contest to see who could pick up the most. And <laughs> yeah, so we didn't just go in easy. We wanted to like start a ride out. at Nosberry Farm, the accelerator yeah. or something. <laughs> so so the dilemma we had, and, and I knew it was going to happen. In fact, I told our teachers, I don't, were you in that, that teacher meeting? I said, hey, guys, we're going to fill a shift yeah. in the class because we've been we've been having uh, no kids, and then we had had church kids and I, I i hate i hate the distinction between church and bus kids but for the sake of this, this podcast i'm i'm going to say it like that our church kids for the most part are raised in church they sit in church services on a weekly basis they know how they know the ropes they know how this thing works and for the most part of course we have knuckleheads but for the most part they're fairly well behaved mm-hmm. But then we started picking up bus kids again. Now, we've picked this up for years. We've had bus ministry for years. But after a year off, now now we have our church kids. Now we're picking up bus kids. And at first it was a couple. And you really didn't feel much. Mm-hmm. And then we picked up 30 in, in about a week or two. And we went from 30 to 60 in one week. Yeah. And almost every one of them were in our class. Mm-hmm. So our class went from say 70 kids, 60, 70 kids to a hundred plus in one week <laughs> or close to it. Yeah. It was like 115 kids and half of them, no, no, not half, not half, but, but a good third of them or close to it were, were kids that not only are not used to church now because they haven't come since COVID. So for a year, they don't even go to school. Yeah, It's all online. Yeah. So they have no concept of how to behave in a classroom. Mm-hmm. They have no concept of, of really how to pay attention. Their attention spans are shot, like they don't exist. And I got to tell you, Brother Lee, this is where I'm going to be really blunt with everybody. Our That week was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. You know, We had a schedule. We had a plan. And what do they say? Man plans, God laughs. <laughs> I think he had to be cracking up that week because it was... <sighs> It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Everything we tried to do, it just it just fell apart. You know, kids were just 
murdering each other in the back. Not really, but standing up, running, yelling across the room, throwing stuff. And we're trying to stop it. And it was, it was tough. Yeah. It was tough. And, and I remember thinking, Ooh, we got to do something bad yeah. because I don't, I don't know if I could do another week of this. Well, you know, even just, uh, I mean, let's say everybody was nearly perfect, you know, with the acoustics of a room being in a block concrete wall, yeah. just, just, this doubling the size it just little minor little chatter is just gonna amplify because now you got twice as many people or more so. that, that's a great point and, and i am i am not calling out our our our, our buses saying they're just they're just ill-behaved they're not they're typical kids they're kids yeah, what do you yeah. expect from a five-year-old a 10-year-old an 11-year-old that hasn't been in any sort of classroom for a year so I am not saying that they were behaved worse yeah. than normal. They just yeah. they were being yeah. kids. You know, I, I want to uh, just for everybody out there you don't know me um, is and this kind of came up in a, um, a, a my wife and I do uh, counseling um, for the church um, premar- premarital counseling and this conversation came up talking about parents and children in laws outlaws and and disciplining and just talking about disciplining and I got to tell you. I'm I'm not very good at it. I, I, and so Philip, he, he may t- say that the class was pure chaos, and you may think we had kids swinging from the ch- chandeliers. I didn't really think it was that bad. I honestly, I was I honestly I need was, your was level of calm, brother Lee. <laughs> well, I'll t- I'll tell you why, and uh, and I think it probably comes from my being in the world so long, years and years ago. Um, and I get I get emotional when I think about this. Uh, so forgive me here. Is uh, I'm very tolerant of of kids, and because uh, I look at what I did, and I grade them on a on a different scale. And again, I'm getting just emotional here. Sorry about that. Um, and I see them, and I go, man, you know, I wish I'd. Be. So they may be running around disruptive. And that's the worst that they are compared to what I did. I, you know, I've, so I have a, a, you know, a very high threshold for somebody really. So I sit, so I go around. So we're going to talk about things that we do. It's, you know, just go sit next to them. Just by sitting next to them tends to calm people down quite a bit. And uh, I just sit there and look at them, smile and whatever. And say, you know, hey, can I go right down? Listen to this. This is a good part. You know, whatever. And uh, so I, I, I think, uh, and so in, what came up in the premarital class the other day is I'm the good grandpa, you know, for the grandkids, you know. So I got the grandpa mentality. I'm the old guy. We know we tease Philip about being old, but I'm the real old guy in the class. I'm the grandpa. And I tend to, I think, have that kind of a, a grandfather kind of thing with the kids where they can do no wrong so so i'm coming at it from a slightly different perspective so i'm again which is and i'm saying we need to have control and control the class because it's not you know it's not helpful for the other ones they're not going to learn and you know you don't want them to you know wow you know the one thing they remember is everybody going crazy and whatever and and tell that to their parents you know so we're not going to you know get a good report card for that day (laughs) but we want to you know make sure it is in control but I, i i'm i'm pretty easy going when it comes to a lot of things it takes a lot to kind of get me going sometimes. So that's awesome. Anyway, and uh, to 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 go back to my frustration, it was not that hey we need to have less kids. My frustration right. was how do we make an effective teaching environment for the kids that come? Because we didn't double the, the teaching staff. No, <laughs> so. no, we did not. Uh, so we had, uh, had to adjust. Yeah, we had to adjust. And the the question was, how do we create an environment? That we can bring in twice the number of bus yeah. kids that we just did, 
I want to bring 120 in a week. Yeah. I want to bring two or 300. I want to pack us out, but still be able to teach, still be able to communicate, <clears throat> still be able to effectively reach church kids and bus kids all at the same time. And so I'm just going to, we're going to kind of walk our way through this. What did we do to, to, to make a difference? Yeah. First of all, I was a, a part of the crew that got those kids there, meaning you, you as well. Mm-hmm. But we were on outreach. We were the ones that went there. And there's no way in the world you're going to talk me into bringing less kids. You know, right. I just worked hard for them. I want them there. So this is in no way an indication that, that we don't believe in bus ministry or that we don't think more kids is better. Um, so, well, In fact, our bus route went out yesterday. And we hit a lot of homes and handed out a lot of flyers. So that's we, awesome. We want to keep it going. <clears throat> yep. So we're going out I, either today after school when my kids get out, or we're going tomorrow uh, after school. But uh, we're trying to coordinate it with my brother's kids, and we do it all at the same time. Um, so the question is, how do we create a teaching environment that is more effective? Mm-hmm. And so here's a couple of the things that we did. First of all. We identified the two main sources of, of, of problem. And I'm not calling anybody's name. That ain't going to happen. But we did have... Uh, I'm just going to explain the situation for those that, that may have something similar in your churches. We, ha- we have a very large family that we pick up. But two, two of the kids are... are uh, the, they they don't adapt to the teaching very well. They maybe they're not developed enough to be able to to understand what's going on. And even though their physical age matches our class parameters, it doesn't. They're not getting anything out of the class, and it's not because they're just bad kids. They did they just don't understand it. They don't understand what's happening, and it caused a lot of chaos. Because they didn't want to be there, or they did, but they wanted to talk, and they wanted to. It was more than talk; it was just causing like confusion. And so, what we did is we created a mini classroom. I don't know if you knew this. Last mm-hmm. last week, we had a mini class of three people or four people. So we had two two teachers mm-hmm. and those two kids by themselves, and they drew, and they painted, and they did crafts mm-hmm. to keep them busy, and they taught them. It was super simple, yeah. and it was on their level, and they had fun, and they want to come back, uh, but yet it didn't mess up the rest of the class. <clears throat> it yeah. was just we created a mini classroom because they were also too old to go into the younger class. The two- to four-year-old, they, they would have caused uh, an imbalance there as well. <clears throat> and so whatever we have to do, we're yeah. not going to tell them you can't come. We want them there. Right. But we had to be very creative with how we taught them, and so it was a... Literally a one-on-one. We had two kids and two teachers mm-hmm. that sat there with him the entire class and painted with him, talked to him, talked to him about God. And I don't know if we mentioned this, but this is raw. <laughs> you know, uh, while you're dealing with a phone call, um, you know, it's probably no different. I mean, if you look around um, and uh, in your church services, look at new converts. How many times do you see them get up? You know, they're in the front row and they're getting up and going to the restroom three or four times during a service. And we're sitting there looking at it because we, you know, we tend to sit in front so we don't have too many people to distract us. 
But even if we're in the second, third, fourth row, you know, you're still going to get some distractions. And so, I mean, it's almost think of a new convert. You know, they they don't know how to behave. And that, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but there is church etiquette you know i mean you just i mean and that's just in life i mean you're in a business meeting you know you don't do certain things you know whatever um but they just don't know sometimes so they just kind of you know just we just got to get them used to it somehow absolutely and then there was another situation in class where these three boys great kids but when they're together (laughs) their energy multiplies by it just exponentially. What's well, so, God's math? Our pastor just preached on that, right? Yes, God's God's <laughs> math. One one to one thousand to ten thousand. So. Yeah, and so that the three kids, if they came on their own or sat on their own, everything's fine. But when they sit yeah. together, it is chaos within a ten foot radius. Like it, it is just, it's tough to manage. And so, in that particular case, I talked to their bus captain and said, "We want them to come." But their behavior is not okay mm-hmm. if it's distracting from everybody else. And so uh, we basically put a a, uh, uh, a teacher kind of assigned to them, a bus worker that they knew and respected, and they just kind of hung out with mm-hmm. them. And their job was to talk to them ahead of time, say, hey, guys, you know, this is yeah. kind of a problem we had. Uh, we might have to separate you guys if, if we can't stop the talking. Um, and then I told him, separate him if we have to. Worst case, take him out of the room, kindly, firmly, just talk to them. And sometimes they just want to talk. Mm-hmm. So talk to them. You know, take him outside and sit him on a bench and figure out what's going on. You know, maybe maybe it's something that they just want to get off their chest. And once they do, they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> but when you bring him back in, sit him at the back of the room. Don't sit him yeah. up front where they were sitting. Uh, and so we just kind of created. A, a special. I mean, that that's good advice for yeah. for any situation. But but we knew these three were going to be a perpetual problem unless something was done. And me talking to them is not nearly as effective as someone that they knew and connected with and respected and, and yeah. came to their house. Yeah. They would listen to them much more. You know that, rem- that reminds me. Is it's kind of funny, and I'm, I'll tell them myself. It was I think it was a freshman year in high school, and a friend of mine, one of my best friends, uh, uh, our teacher. Uh, we really liked this guy. He was a great English teacher, and um, and he kept us after class and said, he said, you know, you guys are great guys, but together you guys are they're just I just can't handle it, you know. And yeah, I'm gonna have to probably have you separate and, and go to a different class. And he talked very sincerely, and we both really liked this guy, and uh, and we said, give us another chance. And we straightened up. So like you said, get somebody, just talk to the kids. And now we were in high school. So these guys, you know, the kids we're talking about here, you know, between five and 11. But, um, but yeah, I think having somebody they respect and, you know, and hey, there's going to be consequences if, you know, we want you here, we love you, you know, just show them the love. And yeah. So we we very rarely tell people they can't come back. That, that is the ultimate escalation like that that's when you've done the unpardonable you know yeah. so we, we want a kid to come but we want him to come for the right reasons as well and we want him to understand what we're trying to accomplish here and we just have real talks with them hey we want you here yeah. but this isn't this isn't so you can get chips you know this there's a deeper thing going on here you know it's all about uh, you know what what God can do for you, and, and 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 if they're not getting that, you know we we've only had to do it with two kids ever, mm-hmm. I think that we told them they couldn't come back, 
And that was after months and months and working with them and just – anyway. And eventually they came back. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like you – know, we're, we're not a hardcore here. Forever, okay, We yeah. want kids to come and we just want them to do it for the right reason. Well, you know, and I think – well, another reason why we're doing this podcast is to try to help – us teachers that are oblivious to things to try to be more in tune and to be mindful and stuff. But I, like I said, I try to do that. I go sit with, I just, we mingle. I think that's one thing we're doing is that teachers are scattered throughout yeah. the, the audience when they're not teaching and just kind of sit down, you know, middle of the rows. Well, that, that's a good point as well is, is what can a teacher do that's not teaching to help the person that is teaching? Mm-hmm. So the person that's at the front of the room, whatever they're doing, if they're doing an object lesson, a game, anything, they should never be the one having to correct. But that day, that person had to do it several times. And I remember watching them, and I remember being them <laughs> and, and thinking, I shouldn't have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not calling anybody out. But at the time, there was, there was teachers around, but they weren't really yeah. into what was happening at the moment. Maybe they had something important going on. Okay, But uh, so we just we communicated with the teachers and said, "Hey, we really got to be on top of this situation. So if you see something, <clears throat> say something. Oh, <laughs> airport thing. Uh, but yeah. but be, be let's be mindful of what's happening, and put yourself in the position of the person that's that's talking or, or the person that's teaching at the moment, and and try to <laughs> take the pressure off of them of trying to correct a class while mm-hmm. teaching the class. Yeah. Um, so I was told." Many times that it's great to sit among the kids. You've put yourself in there. Well, I tried that. I did. But I'm six foot three and, and I'm not a little guy. And I had kids behind me really mad because I was blocking them. And every I'm like, man, I'm doing what they said. I want to sit, you know, with the kids within arm's reach of stopping them from, from causing trouble. And these kids behind me couldn't see. So what I usually do is I'll sit on the end of a row. And kind of scoot my chair just about a foot out, uh, just so I'm not blocking anybody's view. But I'm still close enough where I can whisper and get their attention instead of "Hey, hey across the room." You know, I can just "Hey, hey, call, hey, listen, listen to what he's saying." Like you said, "Hey, this is the good part. Yeah, this is the good part." I'll try to, uh, or I'll, 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 I'll turn to the kids behind me, and just, you know, because I'm six one about, uh, and uh, I'll say, "Hey, can, can you see okay or somewhere?" I'll, I'll try to find a spot where there's maybe a, a couple empty seats right behind me, and so, but, uh, but I, I'm up and down. I'll kind of sit down for a little bit, yeah. and then I'll kind of slowly move to another spot. So, right, which is a great. Um, uh, reason for having multiple teachers in your yeah. classroom if you're by yourself it's going to be a tough road to hoe but if you have a row to hoe yeah. row row yeah because you're rowing a hoe, uh, hoeing a row yeah, anyway wow that was a distraction <laughs> sorry about that i just chased a squirrel um but if you have other people there yeah, and everybody knows their 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 role at that particular moment, it sure makes it a lot easier. And I, and I think it's just a, a continuous repetition of reminding teachers, say, hey, let's be mindful of, you know, yeah. and, and whatever. And, and I've I been guilty of it, too. Yeah, I've been yeah. on the side. I, I feel like it's important, you know, whatever it is. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing something, maybe I'm prepping for my next part, and a kid mm-hmm. next to me is pulling someone's hair, and I'm oblivious. <laughs> I don't even notice it. And I was the one that should have dealt with the situation, mm-hmm. but I didn't even notice because yeah. I was otherwise occupied so uh we all just need to become more aware so um this last week was much smoother yeah it really was it felt good we could mm-hmm. teach and yet we still had a lot of people had a yeah. lot of bodies a classroom of a hundred plus people kids 
is tough. Well, you know, I, I, I think one, again, by them not being in a routine uh, and with, even in public school, not going on, uh, they're not used to it. But I think as they get in the routine, it's going to help. But I also think your, your lesson plan and the way we do it, again, I, I brag on that. I've said it before, is the way we break things up. And I think it's from a seminar, Brother Bagman, or something like that. The attention span of the kids. Keep the th- class moving. Keep the segments short. Because I don't care how old you are. Your attention span, like I, I go to... Uh, meetings for work and be in a in a room for 12 hours powerpoint after powerpoint and and i get home and you know why what you just sat in a meeting all day and why are you so tired it's it's exhausting you know to try to stay focused that long so i think that that there's a lot of things that that the agenda can do and just to kind of break things up and get some of that energy that nervousness out of them and try to you know i think that helps too how you how you you know organize the class instruction part of it as well can, can can help yeah, for sure. And uh, I've had people ask, why do you have such a big class? Like, that's crazy. Why would you want to do that to yourselves? Well, we don't. We don't want to do that to ourselves, but our facilities dictate it. <clears throat> so am I recommending you have a class our size? No. And we wouldn't if we had uh, rooms that, that were open to us. One day, that educational wing is going to be built, mm-hmm. and we're going to have all the space we need and be able to divide up any way we want with our age groups. But right now we're just working with what we have and God's blessing. We're making it work. So would I prefer to have a smaller class? Sure. But can we work with 120 kids? Absolutely. We've done it. We've done it for years. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get through it. Um, speaking of buses, we have a contest, like you said, and we are, uh, trying to see which bus can bring the most new kids post-COVID. And uh, we have some pretty innovative strategies going on. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of buses that are decorated. The inside of their bus, in fact, uh, Brother Julian's bus is doing the space theme. In fact, I think theirs and and Purple yeah. Bus both did space without either one of them knowing yeah. that that's yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. But they've done everything from NASA jumpsuits like Brother Julian and his son have have full blown coverall NASA jumpsuits, pretty pretty exciting. A big old sticker, static cling sticker that goes on the ceiling uh, that has like a it looks like a it's been ripped open and you can see space through it. It's pretty cool. They put LED string lights in it. Um, our bus is going to an underwater theme, which mm-hmm. we're excited about. But we were going to decorate it, and then we had to move buses because our we driver situation changed a little bit, but mm-hmm. anyway, uh, we, have, we have a lot of exciting stuff I, going I, on. I looked online. Uh, I may get it. I haven't got it yet. Um, there was like a light thing. I don't know if it's battery operated. So I'm gonna, I don't know if there's power source on the bus, but it had some neat um, galaxy light theme things going on. So I may look into getting something like that if we, if I figure out how to get That's power cool. or at least we'll do it. Maybe even when they get off the bus, they come into the classroom and have some neat light effects going. Cause I like the, at the, at the children's thing, they had lights all over the wall. It's kind of neat, just neat thing you can do just yeah. to kind of change up the room with just lights. So. Absolutely. So our particular bus is the blue bus. And uh, this is some of the stuff that we're doing and I'm spilling the beans to the other bus, all the other buses <laughs> that are trying to, one up us in the contest, but we told them if you uh, if we get over ten on our bus because we started with you know zero one, uh, if we get over ten, we're gonna have a pizza party. Well, yeah, we smashed that. So <clears throat> we had fourteen people. So we're doing a pizza party this coming week. We just got a treasure chest, which is really cool. It's 
way bigger than I thought it was, but it's this massive chest. So the idea was, I don't know if you've been in a restaurant or something where all the little kids have a saddlebag or a chest or something, they can get a little toy out. I remember going to a restaurant where I knew they had that and it was the highlight of my day. And it was <laughs> dumb stuff. Uh-huh. In this in this saddlebag, I mean, there would be a little plastic frog with a little flip thing on it that you can make it jump, or you could uh, a little toy car or a little airplane. Or, mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And, and so I thought I'm going to do that on our bus. So we did. We bought a treasure chest. Actually, so I, I look was looking for one. And the next day, Beth Baus post posted on Instagram this estate sale, and she had this incredible mm-hmm. treasure chest. Uh, Anyway, it, it's amazing. It has a world map all over it. It looks like something that Captain Hook buried. <laughs> nice. But it is so cool. And so then I went to the dollar store and filled it up. I, I say filled it up. I put about an inch on the bottom <laughs> because I, this treasure chest is huge. So I got to find big fluffy stuff to put in it to build it out. Uh, but uh, so we bought that, filled it with dollar store items, and now everybody that gets on the bus gets to dig through it and find something. And I'm trying to find something for all ages. So I got little kid stuff, and I'm going to try to have maybe snacks or something for the older ones. Uh, but everybody that gets on just to get, get something out of it. And then last week, uh, we combined purple and blue bus. And unfortunately, you were on the wake-up team, right? Yeah, yeah. So you didn't ride to pick up or to drop off. Is right, that right, right. Well, it was hopping. <laughs> I'm telling you that bus ride, I'm... It was it was the most fun I've had on the bus in a long time. Anybody that was on the bus, you could feel it. There was energy. We were uh, singing songs. If you haven't sang I've Been Redeemed into all the different verses, no, you can't go to heaven in a fill-in-the-blank uh, shopping cart, red Corvette, yeah. pogo stick, all, all those crazy ones. You could sing that for 30 minutes. Uh, who's the king of the jungle? In, uh, in right, outright. Uh, day like this, all those songs that we sing, the different chants. We have a blue chant, and I told Purple, I said, "You guys are gonna have to excuse us, <laughs> but the blues got to do their chant." Mm-hmm. And the kids on the blue bus, I'm telling you, they get into it. Uh, We're the bus that's painted blue, and then they echo it. <laughs> Here, the bus is painted blue. We are fighting for the truth. And yes, if you've been to Kingdom Kids Conference, we did steal your your chant, <laughs> but uh, it's now ours. That's funny. Uh, and then they echo it, one, two, we're blue, three, four, to the core. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Well, you know, so you mentioned, uh, so I just, I hadn't been on a bus. I don't know if I've ever really rode the bus, but I, I made it after the commitment. I said, I want to start, I want to ride the bus once within the next 30 days. Well, I'm kind of hooked and I'm on it. But uh, so I rode the first day on the bus. They combined because these are just issues come up. We've lacking drivers or something. So we combined a route. So we went to another route that I hadn't prepped for the day before. So we didn't even get, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the clock. I'm texting Phil saying, hey, and I was starting, I think I was doing the intro that day. And it's like, you know, half an hour before class, we're still at the other route. Hadn't even gone to my route yet. I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm going, hey, I don't think I'm going to make it back. So I started to panic, right? And so, uh, but then the bus driver, because it had gotten full, we, he took us and dropped us off. So I didn't even get to go to my route to pick up my kids, you know, that I talked to the day before. And then last week, it was a similar kind of thing happened. But because it took so long to get people out there, I went on. So what he mentioned, the wake up crew, which I'd never done that before, is basically just go knock on the door and say, hey, the bus is going to be here in a half an hour or whatever, because the kids aren't in a routine. And yep. uh, so we, you know, kids are wiping the sleep out of their eyes and say, so, oh, is it time already? No, no, you got half an hour. Go get 
get, get ready, you know. Uh, but the, we're just letting you know the bus is coming. So that's one of the things. We, and then by the time the bus got there, Brother Phil's driving up. And then so I had my car because I was on a wake. So I had to go home. So I didn't actually get to yeah. ride the bus yet. So Well, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it was <laughs> popping. Yeah. Like, it was so much fun. We had a game where uh, this is a fun game to play on all your buses. Uh, I have I always make sure I have dollars in my pockets. Um, so I'll say, okay, the first person on the bus that sees a, and then I just make up something crazy <laughs> that sees a Mazda will get a dollar. First person that sees an emergency vehicle, a police car, ambulance, fire engine, anything gets, it's a dollar. <laughs> first person that sees someone walking a dog. First person that sees a red door. First person, you know, I'll just make up all these crazy stuff. And the kids go from looking for ways to torment one another to, wow, good. Hey, now I'm looking out the window and I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying to find something. Uh, so we did that. I also, and I used to do this every Sunday. Are these real dollars or Sunday school These dollars? are real dollars. Oh, wow. Okay. These are real dollars. <laughs> I want to ride your bus. Hey, it's, it's fun. And speaking of dollars, this is what this next one's about, <laughs> is I would go and pull out a lot of dollars before Sunday school. Hmm. And I give a dollar to every new kid that shows up. Yeah. Every new kid. And, if, and then I ask them, who brought you? And you can only pick one person. So the reason I did this is I actually was asking, hey, who brought someone new today? Well, three people would bring the same new kid, right? And so they expected me to give them a dollar. So I give $1 to the new person and $1 to the person that brought them. Mm -hmm. And so I asked the person that's new, who brought you? And you can only pick one person. And if it really was maybe a, a, a set of siblings or something that invited their cousin or something, I'll give it to them and say, you got to split this because nice. I, I, I'm not able to, to <laughs> yeah, that would get expensive. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's a good point about who brought you, whatever. So one tactic that uh, we did on outreach with uh, Sister Liz uh, yesterday was um, we had a couple kids that were pretty faithful from this mobile home park. And I'm telling you, telling other kids, hey, do you know Christopher and Brian or whatever, throw out some names and go, yeah, yeah, well, they go, you know, and we're we're using that to try to draw people. And I I think we got five new people this last time because of just telling people and hey, you know, and and then even going knocking on homes. Well, yeah, we got a bunch of kids. And, you know, if we just see a parent, oh, my kids aren't here right now. We'll tell them, say, we pick up a bunch of kids, neighbor. Do you know, you know, do you know so-and-so, so-and-so? Let them know that we've been around. We're we're established. we got kids. Ask them, you know, what they think. You know, if you have any questions, you know, we're here and and so I, we're, we're using that and telling them Absolutely. too to bring other people, invite all your friends, and and we're planning like a uh, an on-site um, cotton candy barbecue or something down the road once we get a few it. more people. So we're we're looking forward to doing something. Yeah, down that there, gives so. you some substance. It gives you some uh, reliable. What's the word? Credibility. That's the word I was looking for. Because these parents don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't knocked on the door, you know, a few times, they, you know, you could be anybody. Mm-hmm. And so when they are able to ask someone in their neighborhood, it really does give them some faith yep. in you. Yep. Uh, Brother Donovan Boggs is the king of this. He's so good. He'll get his bus kids to go with him on outreach. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, you know, it doesn't twist their arm. But, hey, you want to go with me? Mm-hmm. Hey, where's your friends at? Let's go knock on your yeah. friends' houses. Yeah. And they'll take them all around. And now the kids, he'll knock on the door and the kids do all the inviting. He just sits there and watches them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because he's forcing them. They're so excited they want to tell their friends about it. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't do it without him taking them on out. You know, they, you'd think mm-hmm. that kid would just tell their friends. And sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes they, they need a little bit of prompting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the most effective outreach is a kid telling their friends instead of you, you know, the stranger telling them. 
Uh, so that's what went on in yep. our bus ministry. But what about Sunday school? So what did we do last week in Sunday school? We are at 55 minutes already. I can't believe we've wow. already talked this long, really. <laughs> wow. Okay. We covered a lot of ground, but it feels like we haven't covered much. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how that works. But last week, what did we talk about? What was our, our subject that we were covering? The Ten Commandments. Mm, Ten Commandments. So uh, I don't know how many of our kids, no matter how long they've been in church, could tell us uh, what the Ten Commandments are, or even half. Mm-hmm. They might be able to, but yeah. uh, so we wanted to talk about the Ten Commandments, how they were given. Do they still have value today? Is it still something we need to pay attention to? Um and to do this, I wanted them to pay attention, but we are really restricted on time in our class. And so we'll usually have a segment called the Good Behavior Game, which is at the end. We'll take time uh, pulling you know, four to ten kids that were the most well-behaved and have them do some sort of a game. Well, that takes a bit of time. That probably takes, well, our segment's eight minutes. So mm-hmm. it takes eight minutes out of a class of only an hour. So you really, that's a big, big chunk. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out how we could do the same thing, but take up much less time. And so we did an ongoing good behavior game. This time it was me and Delaney. And every time we would change gears in class. So if we went from the introduction into the rules, into the rules, into the song, the song into the object lesson, we would, in between those segments, pick which side, boys or girls, was the most well-behaved in that segment. And the way we voted was just put a balloon in front of their section. And we would just tape it up to the, the, the piece of plywood that was in front of, their, in front of their section. And the idea is that at the end of class, whichever side has the most balloons is going to win the prize, which is a big box of chips. And everybody in your section, boys or girls, is going to get chips. Did we have 100% participation? No. <laughs> Was it better than nothing? Absolutely. Yeah, I think fun. I think it definitely helped. And as it got further into class, when now it's like three balloons to the boys and five balloons to the girls, all of a sudden the guys, uh-oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got two more segments. There's two <laughs> balloons out there. We gotta, We're toast we if we don't pick it. our game up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, of course, and this was not rigged. This is just the way it happened. It was tied. Exactly tied. And I didn't want that. I wanted a clear winner, but it's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know? And so everybody got chips that day. And so next week we'll do something similar where it doesn't take a chunk of class out. Uh, and then we give the chips to them as they leave. So it's not like there's time mm-hmm. wasted there. So yeah. if we can take that eight minutes and turn it into, you know, what, a minute maybe between all the segments? I mean, spread I, out between the segments? I, I think doing something like this, too, also adds to if we can get them engaged in the beginning, yeah. saying, okay, this is a whole group contest. You know, we're doing as a class. You can win as a class or a boy side, girl side, or lose or for the girl side, boy. Maybe they yeah. stay engaged and stay a little more participatory and, and well-behaved yeah. throughout the whole class. There's another way to do this, which we've done in the past, but it was everybody that you start with X number of balloons. So girls have five balloons, boys have five balloons. And if you are not behaved, we pop one, Yeah. yeah. which I thought was so cool. I'm like, this is going to be great. Well, I'll never forget seeing this little girl almost cry when we popped her balloon. You know, it's one thing to see the boys get a balloon to get one versus someone popping yours. Yeah. And it sounds simple, but I'm telling you, it like decimated this little girl. It was like her life <laughs> had no meaning. So yeah. I went from popping to adding. Yeah. And so we just changed the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it made a difference. Nobody, you don't feel the pain it's as much. Reinforce positive behavior. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Very good. Yeah. Exactly. Don't even. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's go through our schedule real quick. We started talking about the Ten Commandments with a creative intro, mm-hmm. and this was very creative. This was yeah. creative indeed. Uh, in fact, uh, Brother Danny Torado and uh, Sister Sabrina, they were they were doing the intro, and he talked to me ahead of time. He said, hey, we don't want to scare the kids, but do you think this will work? And he explained it to me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these kids aren't jumping. I mean, if they were, <laughs> Brother Lee's cannons would, would have set them at rest. Uh, but I was I was doing a very quick, hey, everybody, welcome to Sunday School. Today we're talking about, and then the lights went off. Mm-hmm. But Brother Bob Lee killed the lights. And then this voice boomed out of the loudspeakers. Uh, what did he say exactly? I don't remember. It was Danny imitating the voice of God. Voice of God. What did he do? And well, he's speaking out of the bush. So, Oh, yeah, yeah you lit your bush. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah the, the steel wool bush. If, uh, you got to do this. If you haven't seen uh, the steel, so we have a, a, a wrought iron little bush, about two, three feet tall, with just stick figures, you know. And, uh, and I drape um, uh, very fine steel wool all over the branches. And the neatest thing, I saw this somewhere, is you can take a 9-volt battery and just touch it to the steel wool. And it sparkles like a sparkler. And it starts to kind of permeate and, and you know, uh, transfer the uh, sparks through the bush. But the steel wool doesn't actually go away. So it lights up glows. It gets real hot. Sparks are going everywhere. You know, they're dropping down. So I put foil down. So he's, he's in the back speaking like he's if through the bush and he gets Philip's attention and do you know the rules or, 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 or what's the lesson about today? And, uh, and, and of course I played thing. along and I was just, I, 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 Adam and Eve. No. Yeah. And it, oh, and it, <laughs> mentioned every single Bible story except for the Ten Commandments. And then finally but, he directed me to the Ten Commandments and he yeah. talked about Mount Sinai. Oh, they were yeah. playing thunder too. They yeah, did thunder. The thunder That's right. We yeah. had a sound effect yeah. on a laptop, by the way, we'll talk about that one day, but it's sound plant on the computer on a laptop and you just hit a button boom and all the sound effects come on uh it's really good so thunder god talking the smoking bush behind me and i'm i'm panicked and i i god's talking to me and i'm just all frazzled (laughs) yeah we're talking about the ten commandments today and uh it was just a great way to kick off the class and it absolutely got the kids attention there was no question about that that's a good one uh following it up with the rules which yeah. we called uh, the Ten Commandments of Sunday School, of course. The Ten even though there's only ways of only having fun. <laughs> eight, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, we got about yeah. eight, I think. So yeah, the, the the ten the Ten Commandments of how to have fun in Sunday School, something yep. like that. That was Kim and Julian, and they did a story time, like a no, 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 yeah. no, 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 they. They just did the rules, right? They did rules, birthdays. He sang. He kind of. He kind of. Well, he's a birthday uh, singer, <laughs> birthday singer. I guess <laughs> whatever. Uh, our, our, you know, uh, expert. And uh, he just started off real. Like, Happy birthday to the traditional and everybody. Got, and then he kind of livened it up and, and made it fun as he went along. And finally ended it with the uh, with the, uh, you know, a, a, <clears throat> yeah. So he spoiled a our kids. Uh, Italian version of. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So anyway, it was fun. So our Sunday school kids are pretty spoiled. Yeah. You can't just sing happy birthday anymore. Right. They're, they're not satisfied. Yeah. You have to sing in at least seven different languages and <laughs> sing the the real quick version. Uh, so after the rules, then Kim and Julian told the story yeah. of how the Ten Commandments were given. And, I, and, and he told it from Aaron's perspective. 
he was Aaron and he was yeah. talking about how Moses went up and into the mountain and how the, the people begin to prevail upon him. Aaron, you got to do something. You know, you, Moses is gone. You got to, uh, you know, make us a God. And so they brought their, their gold and he made a statue or a little mm-hmm. golden calf. And I think it was a rabbit. Is that what he had? Like a golden rabbit. He had a golden, golden bunny. Yeah. He <laughs> said, I know it looks like a bunny. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> but that yeah. was funny. Well, it, was, it, was, it was, I was just going to say, so I'm going to say this now cause I'm probably going to forget. So I have a, I have a reputation of, of, uh, of, of, uh, I don't want to say causing damage, but just rightly deserved. <laughs> so, so a few You've things earned have, it. have gone. A, let's say gone astray. But okay, so before this lesson, so he, Julian's doing his lesson. He's got the thunder going, and uh, so be, but I got to preempt this. So earlier on in the week, I thought, okay. Brother Philip, I text him. I go, would it be all right if I burn some incense? And now I'm going to get to my oh, lesson here I at the end. I forgot about that. So I say, is it all right if I burn a little incense? And he's like, uh, do we have to alert the fire department? Are you going to set off the fire alarms? Now, I did set off the fire alarms to substitute teaching for my wife. That's a whole different story. We, we won't, we'll just forget about that one now. Um, but I, I'm, asking him for, I'm asking him for permission. He's like getting all nervous. Like, no, I don't think they'll even hardly notice it, you know. And so I'll get to that part later on. So here I am. I'm asking him to, you know, I'm going to burn a little in. I don't burn incense at home. I've never burned it before, but I had frankincense and myrrh. And I set up this little candle to little foil to, to little smoking incense, right? We, we're not well, burning some yeah, weird yeah. Catholic incense. <laughs> yeah. This was this was for a lesson. Yeah. And I'll, I'll explain that later. So I, I asked him about this. Well, Julian gets in his lesson. He's got this smoke machine in the back. It and I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? The whole room is filled with smoke. You can't even hardly see. The thunder is going. And I, 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 and I felt like, well, I'm not going to ask him for permission anymore. So I just kind of, I thought, that, well, that's kind of funny. Here, I hear this room is just the kids like just wafting smoke. All, I mean, it's, it's a smoke machine. It's perfectly safe and all that. But I just kind of thought that was kind of funny. It was pretty okay, funny. Okay, well, I, I don't think mine, they were going to even notice mine. I hope the smoke goes away by the time, by the time I get out there. But, uh, so anyways. you guys know the story about the Ten Commandments <laughs> that Jesus, or, or Mount Sinai is just burning and Thunder and <laughs> lightning and smoke from the top of the mountain, and that's why he was uh, doing that. Why he and Kim, they they work so well. That Kim was so funny. He's like, so Aaron's there. Well, we don't even know where Moses is. We don't know God and the people. And she's like getting all irritated and frustrated. We, you know, where's Moses? And you need to do something. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <clears throat> yeah, it was good. So they explained how the Ten Commandments came into being, and then we had a song. <clears throat> when I was young, there was a little musical that we did, and I have never forgot that song, Brother Lee. I was yeah. probably 10 years old, and I am 42. So 32 years ago, we sang this song <clears throat> called The Perfect Ten from a, a musical called Angels Unaware. I've never forgot the Ten Commandments since then, hmm. ever, because of this song. Number one, we've just begun. God should be first in your life. Number two, the idol rule. Those graven images aren't nice. nice. But it never, it (laughs) never, I I can't get away from it. I'm old and it's not departing from me. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, So we sang that song to the kids. Now, I got to admit, when when we did that musical, I probably sang it 300 times in practice. So uh, I don't know that it's going to stick with the kids unless we have some repetition behind it. Mm -hmm. But I thought, you know what? It's a little bit of a kiddie song. It's not quite in the vein of some of the more exciting Go Fish or Doug Horley songs that we sing. But 
it tells all the Ten Commandments, and when you put it to song, you really it really does stick with you. Mm-hmm. So we did that song, me and Delaney, and then at the end, we stopped the music and said, okay, let's see what you remembered. Mm-hmm. And then we had the boys against the girls. Tell me one of the Ten Commandments. And if you can tell us the number that it is, then you get extra points. Right. Um, and, and the kids did surprisingly well. Yeah, I think yeah. they came up with nine of the ten or eight of the ten. No, it was nine. They cool. Yeah, because one was kind of combined, I think. They, someone did one and two together or something. Yeah, so so number one and two, they, they kind of said at the same time, yeah. you know, there's... Yeah. But we got them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, they did surprisingly well. In fact, they could sometimes only remember bits and pieces from the... Uh, the song, like one of them said, the, the rest one, the rest. You know, it says the Sabbath's for our worship and for rest. Mm-hmm. And all they can remember is the rest. But they were doing the signs. They had mm-hmm. the hands on the side of the head like yeah. they were sleeping. Um, so I think I, you know, sometimes if a kid goes home and remembers one, one or two important pieces of information, I feel like we've succeeded. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe they don't remember... Uh, the songs that we did, or maybe they don't remember the, the object lesson necessarily. But if they go home and can tell their parents, I learned that there's one God today, or I learned mm-hmm. the, the, that I have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven, or yeah. I learned one thing. And so if those kids left and they just knew that one of the Ten Commandments was don't steal, mm-hmm. you know, we've accomplished something. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they got more out of it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went into the mini lesson, and this was Brother Marcos Rios. And Brother Marcos, th- this is what I like about our class is we're so different from yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. I'm not Brother Lee. Brother Lee's not Larry. Larry's not Sarah. Sarah's not Danny. Danny's not Marcos. None of us are Julian. It's just we're all different people. Mm-hmm. And so Brother Marcos did a, a, an illustration that never in a million years could I have come up with. It was just so different and great in yeah. its own way. So he had these these uh, pieces of, of bark, like very thick bark off a tree. I don't even know where he found it. Yeah. And he went through the first five commandments. So his his first lesson was on the first five, and he was uh, conveying that there's an order to them. Yeah. That there's a that there's a foundation and it builds. Right. So you start with number one. Number one, yeah. we've just begun. God should be first in your life. Number two, the idol rule. Those graven images aren't nice. Number three, God's name should be never spoken in jest. Mm-hmm. Number four, the Sabbath for our worship and for rest. And so he began to layer them. And these particular ones that he had couldn't be stacked anyway, but one and remain stable. And so he was just talking about how you need to uh, not prioritize the commandments, but but in order that there's an importance to how God gave them. Yeah. Um, number one, uh, God should be first is more important than don't covet your neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's you know there's there's a priority here. Yeah. Um, so that was great, uh, Brother Marcos. And then we went into prayer requests. Now, this was cool because prayer requests can either be ho-hum, something you yawn your way through, something that kids never remember, or it can be a teachable part of the lesson. Yeah. And this is where Sister Sarah um, kind of almost did a skit for it. Yeah, yeah. I guess did. it was a skit. It kind of yeah, was. Yeah, uh, so she did this the, the verse that says... Um, Oh, help me, Brother Lee. If, if your Heavenly Father, how much more should your Heavenly Father give, give right. good gifts unto you? If an earthly you? Father right. you know, gives you right. whatever. Yeah. 
So if we, if we being evil give good gifts unto our children, that's right. what it was. How much more share your heavenly father? So she used the, the analogy. She had Sarah Torado come up, the two Sarahs. Yeah. Uh, they came up and, and she was saying, uh, Mom, I'm really hungry. I'm really hungry. Uh, do you have any bread? And she goes, oh, yeah. And so she hands her a rock and she breaks her teeth on it, You know, takes a bite or pretends to. Ow, I can't believe I did that. Well, then she wanted... A fish. A fish gave her a scorpion or something. She pretended she gave her a scorpion. What was the serpent? Was it the egg? Oh, the egg and the serpent. Yeah, I I really want a boiled egg. And so she gives her a snake. Uh, And then kids are just like, this lady's nuts. Well, how much more shall your heavenly father? And so when you ask God for something, he's not Mm -hmm. going to ignore you. He's not going to give you something direct opposite just to be mean. Sometimes, you know, of course, if you ask for a Ferrari, he may not give you a Ferrari. You know, you gotta, you gotta use wisdom in what you're asking for. But the, the, the idea was awesome that, that your heavenly father is even better than the best earthly father out there. And, uh, so that was great. And then she handed out prayer cards. So we have these, uh, Holy Ghost kids prayer cards and the kids filled those out, those that wanted to. And then we pray over those during the week. And then she texts them to all the teachers. There was, I think only two of them came in. Then we had our worship song. That was Sister Sarah Torado and Sister Delaney. And she told me, oh, uh, I have decided. Yeah, I have decided by it. But there's two of those. So this one was by Studio Musicians. And we learned about this one at the uh, Children's Ministry Seminar. We've always sang it, the one by Group Music. I have decided to follow Jesus. And it's fun. But Studio Musicians does all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, it starts there, but it ends up in another planet. Mm-hmm. But it's a really fun song. Um, and then we went to the final lesson. Now, yeah. Brother Lee, this was you. So tell us what you did. Yeah. So well, <laughs> besides smoke us all out. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so going kidding. back to, we've had a few examples. I mean, you're out there thinking that, uh, okay, oh, Brother Lee's teaching. We need to get the Israeli defense force out there in the Iron Dome to protect our kids or so. He's, you never know what he's going to shoot off or something. But it's, it's not that, it's not really not that bad. So I did. I asked for, I had a little incense and that was just a small, I just had it burning. And, I'll, and I told the kids, don't even look at it and, you know, kind of set it aside. Well, so um, on a, 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 my wife had prepared and uh, very colorfully the Ten Commandments. And wrote them all out one through ten, so one through five, and I and and I think uh, Mark Mark Brother Marcos had it sitting up there in case he wanted to use it. Then I flipped it over and had that. Well, so I got through my uh, my ten my five uh, six through ten commandments, and then I said, okay, guys. Just forget everything, all these commandments. And every teacher Philip's like, go, what, Brother Lee, what are you talking about? <laughs> he actually threw it. I tossed it. And kind of said, like, I just forget these so things. I just threw it across the room. This, you know, this board, you know. This. I, I got to admit, <laughs> I was a little scandalized. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where is where he going, is he going with, this? with this one. Okay, so well, as, as I was preparing for this, I started thinking, you know, um, well, what's what's the big picture? What do we want to get? Again, we want the kids to, to learn something, go home. So I, I I flipped this board and it kind of spun around and kind of floated down like a big butterfly. And uh, I, I I kind of told stories. I said, you know what? When Jesus came, they came and talked to Jesus and they said, um, you know, um, Jesus first told one guy, um, I, I came to, you know, I didn't come to get rid of the law. I came to fulfill the law because they were so hung up on, you know, uh, like I think your, your, your dad has preached before. They, they get in trouble if they picked up a piece of chicken bone because it looked like a piece of wood or something like that. And it, that was disobeying. They're working on the Sabbath, you know, whatever. And they got real crazy with some of the laws. 
And he said, I come to fulfill the law, you know. And, and, uh, and so I, I kind of focus on thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder and whatever. Where Jesus said, if you just call somebody a fool, you know, you've basically committed murder in your heart. So I kind of talked about that. I said, here, I want to make it real simple for you all. Okay. And again, the order thing. So it kind of worked, I think, worked out pretty well. If you look at the first bunch of commandments, it's put God first. And they're basically directed towards God. Um, and then it gets into, and so I took the scripture where they came up to Jesus and said, you know, what, what are the greatest commandments? And he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Thou shalt, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like to it, like unto it. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So I thought, well, let me just, if I can get the kids to, again, trying to help them and, and, and you know, you know, if they were memorize some of the scripture or some of the, the commandments and stuff, and you know, and 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 then they do, we'll probably revisit that next Sunday. Well, probably not this Sunday because it's Pentecost Sunday, but anyway, we'll come back to that and say, you know, it's trivia time. Who who can remember the commandments or whatever? But I thought, you know, love God and love everybody else because he said all the commandments hang on these two. Yeah. And so that's kind of yeah. what I thought. It's like, that's look, good. I want to make it real simple. And if in the mo- every morning you get up and say, God, I want to love you today and I want to treat everybody I come into contact, you know, right. Uh, I kind of kind of went that way because, you know, hopefully these kids are going out and thinking about murdering somebody, you know, yeah. or, or stealing and stuff. Well, so. it was so good what you said about that all the commandments hang on these two. And if you get these two right, the rest just follow. And follow. Yeah. If you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and you love your neighbor as yourself, all the rest of the commandments, you're not going to kill someone you love. You're not going to covet someone's house yeah. or wife that you love. You're not going to uh, have a problem honoring your mother and father. You're, mm-hmm. you're, all these things just follow if you obey those two commandments. It was so good. So, that was awesome. So hopefully, and then we just kind of, you know, had them stand up and pray a little bit. And, and so, but yeah, so. That was great. That's what it was. So that was our Sunday, and I think we're going to wrap up this podcast, unless you have anything else, Brother Lee. Oh, so anyway, so I did. I did oh, I'm, the, the, the end, we are not going to wrap it up yet. Hold on real quick. we got to so, get to the point of this. Well, thing. well it, 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 I kind of already said it for the most part, but I had the incense burn a little bit, frankincense and myrrh. It was one, I never, I didn't really know what it smelled like before. And uh, it was good, kind of a sweet smell. It wasn't, wasn't too over overpowering, but uh, it was kind of like, you know, talking about worship and praying to God and stuff, but the, but the Pharisees and whatever, they made, they, they they said that they tithe on all the rue and the, everything they have, but their hearts weren't right. So I kind of talked about that. So that's kind of where I kind of threw that into. It's like incense, you know, like you know, you know, if you go to the altar and you could say everything you can, but if you have something against your your neighbor, you know, odd against them, you, you God said you need to get that taken care of. I don't even want to see this. So obedience is better than sacrifices. So I kind of talked a little bit about that. So. Yeah, yeah. So it was great, and and and. Uh, that that frankincense it, it did have it took over the room a bit, <laughs> but no, it was good. It was good. Uh, so uh, that was our Sunday. Talked about the Ten Commandments. I think the kids came away with an appreciation of it, and we had a manageable class. We had a bunch of kids from all backgrounds, and we were able to teach effectively because we were a little bit proactive. And uh, I think that's it for today. Brother Lee, thank you again so much for another great podcast. And everybody out there, if you have anything that you want us to talk about, cover, shoot us an email at info at apostolicsundayschool.com, and we will be more than happy to do that. Uh, Thank you guys so much. God bless. God bless. In Jesus' name. We'll see you later.